0: NostalgiaCast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. I am your host who built this city on rock and roll Andrew Price. One pill makes him larger Tyler Palo. One pill makes him small RJ. The ones that Mother gives him don't do anything at all Blay. And Dad Beats, aka Jefferson Dad Beats, aka Jefferson Star Beats, aka Kirk Pinshaw.
1: Dad Beats.
0: Had to sneak deep in the hoopla. Had to figure out how to fade that out from Apple Music. What pill does
2: nothing <laughs> at all? I'm the impotent one. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh,
0: unfortunately.
3: I mean, you're correct. Well, no, that he they give you the sugar pill because you don't need it.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> nice save.
3: Nice yeah. save. Wow. Hot spin. take. These
0: Ty-
1: are
3: our guests,
0: Andrew. Tyler gets me out of uh, getting canceled.
1: I'm going to go ahead and say Starship better than Jefferson Airplane, but not as good as Jefferson Starship. Unpack
0: oh, Starship is better than... no, Yeah, totally.
1: Starship is better than Jefferson Airplane, but not as good as Jefferson Starship. What about John
2: Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp, and just Mellencamp?
1: Great question. Here's the order. It goes John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, John Cougar.
0: Okay. What about uh, and then
2: Jefferson Starship?
1: Yes, yeah, and then Jefferson Starship. What about John
0: Fogarty and then the version of John Fogarty that he sued himself? <laughs> ha,
2: ha, ha, ha. The
1: sued one's way better. Okay. I mean, that's just a given. Yeah, you're right.
2: You're, Gallagher, you're Gallagher two equal to Gallagher one. Thanks for having us on, guys. Sorry to ruin <laughs> Thanks, your podcast guys. immediately. Great. Already ruined. Everyone's turned it off and deleted it <laughs> and reformatted their hard drives.
0: Um. So how's, how's it going, everybody?
3: We. Yeah. <laughs> uh great still in a pandemic
0: so uh we yeah yeah we're we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a little bit about that here in a second um yeah so we got we got a couple of guests on the show uh we got rj and blay from the new podcast hear me out you guys want to you guys want to talk a little bit about the podcast before we get into the stories
2: yeah, RJ, tell them what our podcast is about, and don't make it sound boring, because it's not. It's exciting. But you're oh, not a good explainer. But I'm go. a horrible explainer. Yeah, Thanks but go for, for having well, me do it. Practice makes pretty good. Go for it.
4: Uh, it's about two best friends. Not Blay and I. Two other people. No, sure, no, sorry, no man, it's, it's about, about us. us. See, you are it's bad about us. Uh We. Uh, this is actually true. We don't have a whole lot in common, Blay and I. We... You know, we're pals, but we have similar interests, but not really. So we wanted to do a podcast where we try to convince each other to be into cool shit. Like, Blay is super... Sorry, can you curse on this podcast? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, We encourage. Blay is super into, like, horror stuff. So he had... uh, Just the other day, we had one where he had this guy who like goes to like haunted places and haunted hotels and stuff, and Blay tried to convince me to go to a haunted hotel. That's like an example of something he would try to get me into.
2: Jesus Christ, hour three of RJ's explanation. Yeah, here's
1: How what our is this podcast, podcast is about. Shut up,
2: shut up, shut up, you had your chance. Here's what our podcast is about. We're two best friends who are very selfish. And in an attempt to become better friends, we try to make each other like each other's hobbies. So we bring on a special guest. You guys (laughs) have been on it. All three of you uh, guys. and Or no, you're going to... I'm going on tomorrow. You're going on tomorrow. There you go. So all three of you guys have been on it. And we bring on an expert. If I convince RJ to like the thing I like, then he donates to a charity. If he's not convinced, I don't date, donate to a charity. So it's not just us being dumb. People actually get money out of it, and it's a good time. Please listen. It's called Hear Me Out. There we
1: go. That's how you I do mean, an explanation. I yes. mean, yeah, Blaze, Blaze was better. Yes, that, so. was, yes, that was a better
0: description, he- but also... You did ask him to pitch it, so whose
4: fault <laughs> true. is he it? That's He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He <laughs> knew I did. was bad at it. <laughs> I will say one of the biggest feats, of, greatest feats of my life, came from this podcast. It hasn't come out yet, but there's an episode where I convinced Blay. Or I try to convince Blay to uh, be into sports, and I never thought it would be. <laughs> one of the greatest accomplishments in my whole life. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm excited to hear because
0: you you did not a, you didn't even come close to accomplishing the convincing on the episode we were on. Like, I, uh, no, so not, I, close.
4: I, <laughs> not a that was as they call it a fool's um, errand.
0: Dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah some, we, men ju- some
2: men just some men just want to watch the world burn. You know,
0: mm-mm. me me and uh, one uh, of them. Tyler and I, yes. My, Tyler and I uh, went on to Hear Me Out. Uh, the episode's out now. I think it just came out yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's, real, it's real good. I listened to it yesterday. Um, you should check it out. Hear Me Out. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's if on you...
4: hearmeouthearmeout.com. Yeah.
0: Nice. Pretty yeah. great. Nice. Pretty great. And um, imagine
2: one of those Hear Me Outs is me saying it and one of them. Is RJ saying it? Oh, yes. Hear me out, hear me out. That's my RJ impression.
3: <laughs> Guys, thanks Stock. for having us uh, on. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for having us Let's show. dive Thank in. So Let's much. dive yeah, in. I, I like a good show. URL that has
0: a backstory to it that you need to know <laughs> like, an established canon for. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So before we get into to, uh, news, um, we usually at the top of the show, we usually talk about some uh, kind of industry type stuff that in a tenuous way ties into uh-huh. nostalgia. And since basically since March, when this whole you know thing happened and everything started shutting down, like we've been we've been uh, chronicling the the epic journey of of pop culture within the context of the, of COVID, um, and a lot of it is centered around movie theaters uh, closing down, having financial issues, closing, reopening, closing again, and all these things. And so the latest development in this. Is uh recently so last episode of the Nostal- of Nostalgia Cast, we talked about how uh uh Tom Cruise put out this like propaganda film on his Twitter where he was basically like he gets into like a an SUV and he gets driven to a movie theater and then he goes and sees Tenet and the whole thing is filmed and he's like in the theater with all these people and he's like, Yeah, like can't wait till you know I-, I love being back in a movie theater, it's great, I love it. Uh, it was just total propaganda of like, go back to the theater, citizens. Leave your house. Spend your money. Give us your money. Um,
1: and so, awkward, just way yeah, and, yeah, yeah weird so and awkward,
0: awkward, and it just it just felt very dystopian. Um, so the movie Tenant has been out, and basically what's happened is it tanked in the United States. It made. What did it make? It made ten million dollars during its opening opening weekend. That was like and now twenty or something. All the movie theaters that open, it made ten in, the, in its opening weekend in North America. Um, and so, now, and so now basically what's happened is all the theaters in the United States that open up to show Tenant are now worse <laughs> off than they were before. They've actually they've actually ta- they've actually taken a loss and lost money. So, uh, so are you guys are you guys here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah the, my Internet, like Bye. my Internet crapped out for a second, so I didn't know if it had disconnected. Um, yeah. So things are, aren't looking too good for many movie theaters that are currently open, even with the release of Christopher Nolan's Tenet. The film was infamously delayed several times, originally set to release in July twenty uh, t- July 17th of 2020. Um, it, it it opened recently worldwide in some of the other countries where things are a little bit more open and kind of somewhat back to normal. Um, the movie actually made 500 million uh internationally which isn't bad um but here in the united states it it took in just 10 million dollars um uh, things look like they're only going to get worse for the theaters that have reopened to show tenet during its second season in north america tenet only managed to bring in 6.7 million uh or second week sorry not second season even with the addition of 100 extra theater reopenings uh this hurts many theaters that reopened specifically to show tenet as the film's box office takes Uh, Take suggests that many theaters are operating at a low uh, at a loss to showcase the movie. Um, So, yeah. So uh, Tom Cruise asked us. He said, go out. He said, open up your theaters. He said, go see Tenet. And nobody listened to Tom Cruise. He said no. All these theaters lost a bunch of money and they were better off just staying closed.
1: Absolutely. I'm curious, though, like, was Tenet the one to put all your marbles on? Like, I mean, I want to see Tenet and I'm really excited to see it,
3: but like,
1: it's a, it's a complex movie. Yeah. Like maybe they should have hung their head on an MCU movie or something else. Cause, and I will not give any spoilers. I listened to a podcast that gave the whole plot of Tenet and I still was like, I don't know what this is fucking about. I have no idea. I can't even figure it out. And that was explained to me. So maybe <laughs> that's not the best idea to to make Tenet the one that's going to bring everyone back to the theaters. I,
2: I agree. I mean, Tenet is, you're launching Tenet on Nolan's name, which is great, but Nolan is a specific, he doesn't cut across, and I love Nolan, but he doesn't cut across uh, to your point, as many demo as many demographics as like an MCU movie, or as like trolls would, for instance. Um, but and I, I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's a two pronged thing. One, I agree that tenant was an interesting choice, but two, you know, we're seeing a lot of businesses, and I love that this is nostalgia cast, and we're talking about the business of reopening during the pandemic. <laughs> but we're seeing a lot of businesses. You take restaurants as the perfect example. Have adapted their business to better suit this current uh, you know, social distancing life. You know, a lot of restaurants sell now groceries and things like that. They've really made it easier, even restaurants that didn't do takeout, to do takeout, curbside pickup. And now some places are doing outside opening. I don't think it we I don't know if it's super smart of theaters to say, well, everything is basically the same as it was before. I'm sure they have a few things different in place. But, you know, to not adapt your business, at least publicly, in a way that's very obvious to all of us that are concerned and don't want to get COVID. And just to say, okay, we have a big movie, come on in and just sit further apart. That doesn't seem like a smart plan to me, Tenant Aside, I mean, I, I think that there needs to be, you know, drive in theaters are kind of opening. I would have liked to have seen, and I love Tenant, I really want to go see it, but I would have liked to have seen a couple things in place that will make me feel better about going back to the movies and maybe. Theaters should partner with streaming, you know, like Netflix is going to open a couple theaters at some point. I'd like to see that happen on the back end, you know, Amazon buying theaters, Netflix buying theaters and, and showing these things. make Give me reasons to do that and be smart about your business. Don't just be like, well... It's the same. Now come back. There's a big movie you want to see.
4: It's like, that's not going to work. Who thought that was going to work? Tom Cruise going isn't reason enough for you to go to the (laughs) theater.
2: But you know what I'm saying? They haven't, I don't know that they've adapted it all. Or if they have, they haven't made it public. So why, you know, you're just now giving me a carrot without changing the stick, which seems
4: dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, when I saw the Tom Cruise thing, to your all's point, with the. I was like, I kind of drank the Kool Aid for a second. The propaganda Kool Aid. I was like Tom Cruise. I mean, I was like, if he's he's going, I should go. Like he's fine, but but then I thought, you know, this is Tom Cruise. He likes to do his own stunts, so this is just (laughs) another stunt.
1: Just another stunt.
4: He, uh, you know, I I don't know. I I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this feels like a very staged thing to get us all into theaters, get us all excited, and then. You you know you buy a ticket to go to your local theater and you still got people eating popcorn two seats away from you because they're spreading you up by two seats or whatever. It's like Mm. I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me.
3: Yeah, I think it's unfortunate, but I think we're just finally seeing. It's just like the way that um, VCRs went out and just DVD players took hold immediately after. That's that's just what we're seeing. Like the movie theaters, we saw that. Ah, uh, drive in theaters with the way of like uh, novelty. You go to them every now and again. That's what theaters are going to be eventually. When we get this under control, that's what's going to be. People need to figure out how to just price streaming better, so you make the money that you got when you were going to theaters.
2: I disagree. I think you know VCRs still do exist in the form of DVR, and so I think that they need yeah. to just adapt, and we'll see an adaptation. I do think it will be more how, uh, you know, pay-per-view is kind of adapted to live sporting events. I think we'll see theaters adapt to kind of appointment watching in terms of a big thing. Because certain movies like that are shot in IMAX, you cannot replicate at home and people don't want to. But I do think they need to be smart about their business. You know, maybe it's a thing of you're buying a ticket through Cinemark or AMC to then let me stream it at home. You know, so they're getting some piece of their business. And that ticket allows me to go see it in a theater or it allows me to stream it at home in a pay-per-view formatted way. I just think they need to adapt like the DVR, VCR.
3: Okay, so what do you think about theaters partnering with VR companies? And then I think putting, that's a great idea. putting something directly in there, in the theater, to get the experience. Uh, VR is tricky because
2: like- the bar is so high. And so I don't think you're going to see a viable... You know, Oculus Quest 2 is coming out, which is great. You don't need wires. You don't need base stations. I think that it lowers the bar a little bit. But the, VR is not going to be a viable form of anything in the next two, three years. I mean, I, I love something like Damn. a Resident Evil 7, which is a AAA game that was made and then they added a VR component onto it. So you could play in PlayStation VR either if you had it, but it wasn't wholly dependent on it. It was an add-on that was totally free. I think that's what you're going to see when it comes to VR because it's the chicken or the egg. Nobody wants to develop for VR because nobody has it. But then nobody Wait. was buying it because nobody, ha- you know, they're not developing it. So That's a great Tyler, for great
4: VR, VR in theaters, what do you mean? Is it like... I'm just—I don't know anything about this. Is this something that's actually being considered? I have like, no are-
3: idea. It was oh, okay, literally okay. just an idea that popped <laughs> in my head. Did you just make this up? Yeah,
4: <laughs> I figured you could
3: put because you want to get the experience of the of an IMAX theater, so you could put yeah. a camera directly on the seat, aimed at the aimed at the um, screen, and then a person at home wears the VR. And it feels like they're looking oh, at an IMAX looking, screen. Oh, a
4: theater from home thing. Yeah, I yeah. thought you meant like a Disney Ride, where you're at a theater and you start smelling stuff. No, I
3: just
2: I just want
4: to get rid of the idea that you're next to people.
2: They had a thing called Sense Around in the '70s that was similar to that. But no, yeah, they, they already Smell-a-vision? Smell-a-vision. Yeah. yeah, Sense Around. Yeah, the um, they already do that with VR. So. Uh, You know, I have all the VR stuff and they already have theaters that you can just watch anything as a giant screen and it's really fun. But to my point, I think that that would be the way to do it. If I owned a theater or a business, I would partner with some kind of streaming service or pay-per-view service, Comcast, whatever have you. And I think you need a way to make money and that doesn't necessarily need to be a physical brick and mortar. It can be a thing where, oh, great, I'm going to go do this or do that. Sporting events could be the same way. I want to go watch this sporting event in a stadium because I like that experience, but my ticket can either get me that or it gives me a code that is a one-time use only that I can then enjoy that at my house and only me. I think that that's where I'd like to see theaters go. They just need to adapt.
4: Okay. Do you guys think that tenant was picked to be like this guinea pig because of the like weird middle ground scale that it was? Like it obviously is a movie that people wanted to see in theaters but it wasn't an end game type of movie where they knew they were just going to blow all their money blow their wad if it just went into theaters and no one could go see it i think maybe it's a do you think it just got unlucky it
0: might be a little bit of that and maybe they but i think it's also in combination with the fact that christopher nolan was pushing so hard for people to go back to the theater like he's this huge proponent of we, we talked about this on the last episode, but, you know, Christopher Nolan is like this film purist and he's a movie theater purist and he doesn't think that movies should be shot digitally or that they should be shot like or they should they should be watched at home. Like he wants people to go to the theater. So when when the when the pandemic happened, he was like weirdly anti he was like a he was like a he was like a covid truther kind of in a way he never said that specifically, but he's always just been like movie theaters shouldn't shut down because we then they'll die. And he just doesn't want movie theaters to go out of business. So he was kind of pushing for them to stay open or reopen. And I think maybe part of it is just how much he's been pushing. And he's, you know, he he's powerful. Like, you know, he has he has, you know, a lot of strength behind his name. So, you know, I I think he was he could probably push for that and actually get people to listen to him a little bit more. But also, secondarily, maybe to a certain degree, uh, studios and were kind of like, yeah, sure, Christopher. Like, since you want to do it so bad, like, we'll use your movie. And they kind of maybe were using it as an experiment a little bit because he was pushing so hard. They were like, let yeah. this guy be the guinea pig since yeah. he's so yeah. adamant about it.
1: You'll he's be you'll be, be the canary down. that yeah. goes down. In yeah. <laughs> but also, isn't it sad that you're like, oh, Tenant kind of tanked, and Unhinged did like basically the same business. <laughs> yeah. So Unhinged Tenant the same.
4: Yeah, Uh, Real quick, a little aside One time, uh, Blay and I used to work on the Warner Brothers lot Before COVID kicked us out And uh, one time Back when Christopher Nolan I think he was shooting Dunkirk uh, I saw him on the phone Outside, he was pacing around And he was wearing a wetsuit (laughs) With a scarf on And it was awesome It was the
1: coolest That's so Nolan-y It was so awesome, I was like, that guy's a real director He gets it he gets. Film, Listen,
3: man. I don't. I don't care what he wears as long as I never see that fucker sitting down. I'm happy. If I ever catch him sitting down, I'm gonna be so mad at him.
1: No Why sitting city down. down? Mad.
0: He doesn't allow his actors to sit down. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, what? Because my internet went out and I was, I was gone for like five minutes. So I was like, is that like an inside joke that was crafted while I left? <laughs>
1: I thought you were like, yeah, he looks unattractive when he sits down. Yeah, and no, I hate seeing you people just
0: sit shaming. It's sit gross, Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah, I mean, really quickly, I I, I, I sorry, I can't respond uh, in detail to the discussion that was just ha- being had, but my internet went out. But uh, uh, the things that you were speaking to, Blade, and I think everybody else when I was gone, uh, that's kind of the reason why. We talk about these things on the show because of the way that it um, intersects with nostalgia, the idea of like, you know, stuff like Christopher Nolan being really adamant that everyone should be in the theater, which is this really classical idea of the, the 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 movie going experience that he grew up with and what he sees as the as the pure form of watching a movie and you know the movie theater industry in general is part of that old guard of the of the traditional pure way of watching movies so we talk about these things specifically because of that of how nostalgia intersects with business or the decisions that are made at a at a societal scale on a daily basis um you know which is what you were talking about is exactly why we discuss these things on the show because of yeah it's weird how nostalgia actually can affect things at a grander scale like that without people really thinking about or, in, or intellectualizing it um, yeah it's,
2: al- it's always great when nostalgia leads to you know new evolution and new heights and of of any industry or any kind of form of creativity but it also yeah sucks when it can be like a gatekeeper or um, a limit on people's imagination yeah mm-hmm.
0: um, and, then, and then just as a really quick tag to that before we move on to the actual stories um Sony is going the other way, and they're like, "We're not putting out shit until
3: everything's back
0: to normal." You don't get Spider-Man, you don't get Venom Two, you don't get that uh, vampire movie with Jared Leto. If that was something you were looking for, uh, nothing.
1: <laughs> un- yeah, until- do we want any yeah. of these from Sony? Hold on.
0: Um, I-,
2: I think it's really interesting because I-, I I think that one of the one of the things I think that this is showing is. Something that's kind of been on a collision course with pop culture for a while, which is, you know, how streaming services make money and the internet runs on ads. You know, the internet's not free. We're getting shown stuff. (laughs) You know, there's that old adage, which is like, if you're using a free service, you are the product. Yeah. You know, your your data and that stuff is being sold. That's why it's free for you. Mm -hmm. Nothing is free. People aren't running this stuff out of the kindness of their own hearts. And I think that in terms of we're looking at, you know, obviously the subscription, the streaming services have arisen out of a subscription-based system. And it's not sexy to talk about, but that doesn't really lend itself to, to scale. When you have a Netflix that's saturated the market, they all they want are new subscribers and keeping their old base. So they're not interested in in you know putting out great stuff they just want a couple flagship things and then things that are successful to keep people around that's why Beauties. so many tv shows and movies are bought by netflix and completely flushed after the first season you never hear of them again and this is an interesting collision course with the way that movies are marketed and movies you know the the cinematic experience is done which is a ticket based system You know, Nolan, you're paid for every single movie he does. You don't just subscribe to the Nolan thing and now you have every Nolan thing. And so we're running, we have two different modes of making money that are butting up against each other. So I think that this is a really interesting time and and it's really been hard, I think, for us in the creative industry because it's like you can make a YouTube video that will get 12 million views. You make not even pennies on those views. Mm -hmm. You know, that, the CPM on that is nothing. and Yeah, it's like an av-
0: average $4 CPM on YouTube.
2: Consumers right. have been, for a long time now, absolutely sitting in the catbird seat and getting so much for nothing. And creatives have really been dying on the vine here. And that's one of the other reasons why I think that people and, and theaters and all this stuff are kind of, it's becoming such a big issue because they're like, we're not going to get a $500 million movie if it only goes on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like the reason why we can have Avengers Endgame is because that movie makes billions of dollars in the theaters. And then on, you know, and then on DVD sales and all this other stuff, if it's only going on YouTube, we're not going to get that stuff. So it's either like consumers are going to very quickly realize, uh, wait a second. If, if theaters go the way of the dodo, everything, the quality on everything is going to drop because that whole system is propped up by ticket sales. Yeah. 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 We, we, okay. We've
0: talked in depth. We, we've kind of, we've talked in depth and analyzed what I, what I've sort of recognized is the, the, um, the corner cutting measures that affect the oh, overall boy. quality oh, of now. streaming service. Oh yeah. Spe- speaking of which, um, uh, the, the, the overall <laughs> quality of streaming service content, whether it's Amazon Prime or Netflix, we, we've talked about, about that a lot of like you can see that it's a different type of creative process that's more informed by business efficiency and, uh, you know, what's going to do well in an algorithm and things like that. You can actually see that on the screen if you're really paying attention if, and if you're really intimately familiar with f- theatrical films and kind of the minute little the seeing the seams and how things go together and the little the little details of it, you can see the difference even when something's very high quality, like stranger things, the the the, the biggest quality stuff that's on streaming. You can still see like, oh, yeah, the, this has these have the 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 register marks of something that was made by a streaming service. And uh, yeah, like you said, if if that goes away, then everything becomes like that. And maybe people don't care anymore. Maybe maybe people don't. I, I've argued about those little details on this show. And some of these guys on the show have sort of said like, oh, I don't care about that, that that I didn't notice that or whatever. So maybe people don't care about those little details, but I do some, uh, I do. And I think a lot of people do that are, uh, but maybe it isn't, maybe it's not Not enough por- people to be important. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know I think, what, the- I think
3: you, I think you grew up in a time where movies were really, uh, really good and We all grew up at a time when movies were flashy. And I think now we're just looking for quality entertainment that doesn't, like, have to cost a lot of money is what what at least my generation is definitely looking for. And we would rather have somebody doing a YouTube video that has a lot of quality and maybe not enough money backing it when it should over going to a, a theater to support something that needs billions of dollars to be made just to get COVID.
4: Do you think there will be more attempts like the one with? I'm sure you guys have talked about this on this podcast, but the Mulan of it all with uh, Disney Plus, how they basically you have to be a subscriber, so they're kind of trying to have their cake yeah, and eat it too. It's real weird, and you have to pay for a movie ticket to watch the movie. It's like thirty <laughs> bucks or whatever. Yeah, so ridiculous. It's, I ended my Disney
3: subscription when they when they put out Mulan. I ended that. I ended my Disney subscription. Really? It wasn't you went worth the it. Opposite yeah, I was no, I. I'm not going to just
4: but you would have paid you would have paid $20 in a theater to see that movie. To see Mulan, I definitely would not
3: have paid $20 in a theater to see Mulan. He's
4: that, not a Mulan. The, but it was your choice. New Mulan right, fan. right,
3: that's true. Yeah. But I don't know.
4: But if Mulan came out in a theater and they said this movie's $20, would you have canceled your Disney Plus subscription?
3: <laughs> well, I, Well, I, there I, there's more behind canceling the Disney Plus con- subscription.
1: Yeah. Tyler is principled
3: <laughs> but I, that well, does, I mean if we want to get into the Disney if we want to get into the Disney side of why no, I why I canceled it we
0: don't have time for that Tyler.
3: <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying we, we don't have, have time, time for your it.
0: screed against capitalism
3: <laughs> hold on
4: it's not hold, all
3: right Mike, if we get into it we're gonna get into it
2: but I, I do I do think you bring up a good point about expectation and I think that that's something yeah, yeah. as you know these these giant conglomerates, um, start to eat up more and more of the market share. I, I think that that's kind of the thing, you know, as consumers, we have expected over the past couple of years to really get things for free or for very cheap, you know, quality things for free. And I think you look at newspapers and magazines and that's really the canary in the coal mine. You look at news. That's the canary in the coal mine when it comes to, you know, paying for, content, you know, and and that's because, you know, obviously news, I'm not saying anything we all don't know, has the life cycle of a gnat. Every single day, you're putting out a new, there's a new news cycle every mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. And we're used to not having to pay for that. I can get it for free. I can read the first couple lines. I can get a headline. I can see a meme, all those yeah. things. And now the, that expectation is finally, partly due to COVID, drifted over into Something as large as movies. And we talked a little bit about sports and, you know, how that form of entertainment has benefited, I think, from the pay-per-view model. And I think that's something that people, for some reason, don't feel like they should get it for free. And I think that that whatever is happening in the world of sports... I think uh, film would it should would be smart to take a, a very good look at how they have done that. And part of that is integrations. Part of that, is, you know, wearing stuff on the uniform. Part of that is when you're watching soccer or football, it's seeing, you know, uh, different ads on the field. I think you're going to see more and more things like that happening in movies to prop up uh, sagging ticket sales. And that's fine, you know? I mean- I, I'm fine with that. I I think that I, I'm also not an artist. I'm not a Casavettes. I'm not all these people. Obviously, look at my apartment. But <laughs> I think that I think you are. <laughs> but but I think that's where you're, that's where we're going to see some trouble there. You know because you yeah. know certainly a person who is a musician is going to have a real problem putting. Gillette in their songs not everybody (laughs) is jewel but you know it's like putting putting Gillette in their songs and Cassiavetti's kind of person is going to have a problem putting a product in their you know thing but that I integrations is is kind of the new way I think that that the solve that that at least TV is starting to see when you look at American
4: Idol and they've got all the coke things across the board so yeah I don't know. It's going to be real cool when Han Solo has a just big Sprite logo on his shirt.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, but you you see that in the James Bond movies, you know, Aston Martin, you see, you know, in these big movies, the Matrix, you know, that giant highway scene in Matrix 2, all of those were Chevys, you know, I mean, you do see it in those ways. And for those movies, I think that that's okay. It's when you're getting into something like a movie like Mandy, you know, which is a very beautiful, very interesting, crazy movie. It's weird to see a Pepsi-Cola in that movie, you know, like, but maybe that's how, That's going to be how it is.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine a, a Werner Herzog being like, we just lifted this tugboat right. up this mountain. Now yeah. let's all stop and have a refreshing glass of Coca-Cola.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The tugboat could be made by Mercedes and it could be a quick shot and it might not ruin it. I mean, you know, I, I think that... It really, again, it is we're going to see artists having to make some hard decisions here.
0: Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm here know. to say, movie studios, I will sell out all the way. Give me your Mercedes. Give me your Coca Cola. I'll put it in anything.
2: But if I could just say one more and one more thing very quickly is I would like to see you know a lot of European countries do have national endowments that are much stronger than our national. Yeah. Endowments yeah. Hundred percent. And and I think that that's where – that's kind of how that's happened. You look at, like, Korea is a good example. They make movies that are very pro-Korea, so they could be considered a bit propaganda-esque. But they're really beautiful, <laughs> artistic films that don't have to worry about integrations. And so I think that th- I would like to see that happen in this country a little bit more. You know, I think France also does that. Yeah, France – yeah. They, I mean, a, <laughs> a lot of uh... a lot of companies
0: have those really – those national endowments that – it's not even just movies, but it's a lot of art. Like, in, yeah. in France, it, comics, like – like the government gives grants to to comic creators to make comics and comics are really big and respected there. And, uh, like it's weird that the United States is so much like the country of pop culture. And yet we just like, we, we do everything in our power to like commodify it and turn it into a product and, you know, not create systems like that that actually lift up the artistic end of it, but rather the, uh, the uh, product end of it. It's very sp- distinctly American, the way that we love art, but we also love making money.
1: You yeah, really, goddamn I, right it is, you fucking commies. You <laughs> go back to France.
2: But I really huh? do see, it really does oh, feel like man. a you don't know what you've got till it's gone situation. I do feel like people take art for granted and then when it's gone because of this whole system, they'll be like, oh wait, but I like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. man, well, sorry. You know what?
3: I'm going to take the exact opposite. I hope it all fails and I want traveling bards to come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're living in a That's van. just because
0: you want to be a traveling bard. You have, you have all of your eggs in the traveling bard basket.
2: Yeah, but let's talk <laughs> about that for a second. Traveling bards did have big uh, people, like endowments. Like people like Michelangelo. I'm reading a book about Michelangelo right now, propped up by the Pope. And the Catholic Church propped up the Medici's, the Medici's, Medici's. There were <laughs> there were large families that were benefactors. Jeff Bezos isn't giving money to anybody, so yeah, it's like I mean, people like that back in the day. Those traveling bards only existed; were able to exist by the
3: generosity of those around them. So you're arguing our point. Well, only if listen. I I I like the idea of it all, and I would love it if we could have endowments that were made from taxes from people who actually need to pay the taxes we would be taking money from people that need money to endow Here's other people that need money tyler
0: you're wearing a buzz Lightyear shirt <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm still making
0: points all right let's get into these stories uh, we can talk we could literally talk about this the whole episode yes, um, I and i love I it Ar- i love RJ, it you
2: have a, you have a heart out at one right Arch?
0: Yeah. yeah, we're good. We'll 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 get these these stories. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we could talk about that the, the whole episode. But let's Sorry. let's get through some of these stories here. Um, so Sweet. first and foremost, uh, we talked about it on a previous episode, but it's been confirmed. It's going to go into production. I guess I, I I always feel confused when I see these articles that say something's going in production because it's like, what do you mean going into production? What nothing's going into production. But uh, they there there's a con- confirmation on a Doogie Howser reboot um which i believe we talked about when it was like a rumor uh several episodes ago um they're they're rebooting doogie howser md for uh for disney plus so open back up your account tyler cuz uh yep. they're 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 making something right <laughs> j- just for you
4: they're going to charge you $1000 yeah, yeah. it costs it costs $1000 per yeah, episode for you. doogie
2: howser
1: you might not be allowed back the but show it better
2: it better not be starring a white male well, you ah, good
1: good.
0: Segue. I'm glad you say that because the, the show is called the show is called uh, Doogie uh, Kamaloha MT, and it's about a 16 year old uh, female Hawaiian doctor.
2: Awesome. Um,
0: I love it. Fantastic. Uh, so, and yeah, so uh, Courtney Kang will write and ex- executive produce the series, which will be getting awesome. a 10 episode debut season. Uh, the new series is set in modern-day Hawaii and follows a mixed-race 16-year-old girl named Lahala, Hala, uh, nicknamed Doogie Kama- Kamaloha. Uh, like the original character played by Neil Patrick Harris, Lahala has to juggle her budding medical career and the di- difficulties to come with being a teenager. She also has to deal with her Irish mother, who is her supervisor at the hospital, and her Hawaiian father, who has to come to grips with the fact that his daughter is growing up.
4: Awesome. I'm in. Is Neil Patrick Harris going to be in it? Do we know? He's I'm sure he will have a like cameo. a cameo. At least once. Yeah.
2: Please. It'd be great if he was the director of the hospital and he actually
1: was his Doogie Hauser character.
4: <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. God damn it, play. That's fucking great.
4: I work in fucking <laughs> entertainment. What do you want,
1: baby? <laughs> what you, you should write more. <laughs> Working on it. I just got to
2: learn <laughs> how to read first.
1: Yeah. Alternative that's pitch to that's that, great-
0: though. If. If he is the if he is the character Neil Patrick Harris from the Harold and Kumar movies,
3: <laughs> oh
2: my god! Oh. He comes yes. in. They have to give him saline because he's super high on shrooms
3: or something. Oh yeah, oh. I was gonna say constantly coming in for syphilis. Like, uh, I, lo- I was
2: just gonna say I love reboots when, and I think I love reboots when they are used as a way to be inclusive. I think that. There are a lot of really great ideas that have been done. Um, unfortunately, mostly with white men, uh, and so right. I think this is a perfect example of that's a great idea for a show. I'm happy if they want to make it again in a and use that the power of nostalgia to be inclusive. I think is a very cool thing.
0: Yeah, there's two. There's two points to that. The first one is. A lot of people criticize that and say, like, you know, just make a new thing, make a which it's like it's it's dog whistling racism or sexism or whatever it is, because they don't really actually mean that. All they mean is, like, I don't want to see these black people or these women or whatever they, they just that, they, But their their straw man argument is just come up with a new idea and don't take this idea that I love and change it or whatever, which I think is dumb. But. But the reason why I think it is powerful to actually do that, uh, kind of the way you're saying, but my slight take on it or spin on it is it helps to legitimize presenting that diversity in pop culture because it's an uphill battle to create new IP. When you make when you make a new thing, people want people. Everybody wants old things. They want rehashes and reboots and they want to see familiar characters. It's really hard to get a new piece of IP Going and 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 get it to solidify in in, in pop culture and get people interested in it. And, you know, sure, make a lot of make a new original TV show or a new original movie uh, with, you know, a diverse cast of characters, you know, a a get out. Obviously, that was super successful and and very popular. Um, But part of that part of that equation, I think, is like, yeah, make Indiana Jones black or make you know, James Bond, a woman or whatever. And a lot of people will be angry about that, but it will also help to better canonize that idea of getting people used to seeing those types of people on the big screen, not just as side characters, not just as bond girls or supporting characters, but like the hero, the main character. And I can't think of any better way to help do that than to take an existing piece of iconography that everybody is familiar with and everybody loves. And then, substitute in that thing to almost as a Trojan horse of like, you love this thing. Well, what if it was way more diverse and, you know, incorporated more people than just what you look like. Um, and then the second part of that is the whole argument I feel is completely just a false premise because most of these, because we're so uh, because we love these nostalgic properties so much, and because we're so, beholden to them, a lot of these things, all these characters, they were created back in times when diversity in media was not prevalent. So it is only by default that they're all white guys like that. It's just because of the time that they were created in. Like it's nobody's fault that all of the Marvel characters were created in the in the 50s and 60s and 70s when it just was unheard of to have a black main character hero or a or a female main character hero and they were kind of relegated as like side characters or or gimmicks like black panther was like a gimmick like look it's a black guy that's a hero or whatever um but they were all created at that time when they just didn't do that so it makes no sense not to update at least 30% of those characters to to reflect the massive changes in in uh, in society that have come in the last you know sixty years or whatever.
3: Yeah,
2: I I mean I, I think it's right. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean for the for the most part, I I think it can be it can be tricky. Um, when like you're saying, if it's just done in a disingenuous way of just replacing something and not kind of updating it and.
0: Sure, there's there's that it. aspect of it as well. There's I mean, also yeah. the like. Movie studios are jumping on the diversity hype train and just doing things cynically because they think people will like it or whatever. There's, there's, there's definitely that as well.
2: Right. Like I am out for, let's just change a a gender or the color of someone's skin or their ethnicity and just do the same thing. But I, I think that taking the soul of a project and evolving it to inspire a new generation in a, in a way that helps, um, you know, uh, be more inclusive and add diversity to the overall zeitgeist and creative landscape. I think is is where those things um, succeed the best, in my eyes.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. Um, there is gonna be a. Stranger Things immersive drive-in experience in yeah. LA. Yeah,
4: God, I've been waiting for this story. Let's go. <laughs> I, mean, I look- already have a ticket. Oh. I'm ready to roll. Are you are serious?
1: Wait. Do you yeah. really have a ticket?
4: Yeah, for the night before Halloween. Jeez. Okay. Driving through this. I imagine it's gonna be like a drive-through like Disney ride. I'm so pumped.
1: I don't care. I wanted to bring that up because the tickets are like fifty-nine bucks, right?
4: 60 bucks, but I got four people in my car, we're splitting it. It's going to be great. Oh, okay,
1: smart move. So you're you're down.
4: Oh, I'm so down. It's going to be great. There's going to be like characters walking around. You're going to drive through the mall, you're going to drive through the upside down. It's something to do. I see Blaze shaking his head.
1: <laughs> yeah, Blaze is so like that's suddenly like fuck you, I RJ. Was, that's the bar. It is the
4: bar. <laughs> it's something to do. It so, is the bar. We can't go to a haunted house. We can't go through a cool, like, haunted maze. Yeah, this, you know this, what?
2: You know what, dude? I got the same amount of enjoyment for uh, 59 cents by putting googly eyes on my Roomba and watching it clean my apartment. I don't do that too. I'm not a Stranger Things guy. I don't care about it. I think it's almost insulting. Uh, I don't care. Get out of here. I'm into a drive through <laughs> experience, but I don't, I don't give a shit at all about Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Sorry.
4: Blake, Sorry. it's fun. <laughs> I like Stranger
3: Things and I love Halloween, but sixty ah! bucks. And, and listen, I think I read the rules there. You can only have two people per car Uh-oh. per sixty dollar ticket. Uh-oh. Put two of them in the trunk. Put no, two of
4: them in the trunk. I'm just it's totally four.
3: <laughs> I I also uh, tried to buy a ticket and I am like a thousandth on the list. There's oh, yeah. such a long it. waiting list I got now that the tickets early. are for sale.
4: Tyler's going to cancel his Netflix because they're making us pay for this.
0: I mean, that's Tyler all over. He will. He will start off by criticizing the just the, the the existential existence of something, and then be like, "But I did it."
3: Well, yeah, I got it. My girlfriend would love to go do something, anything.
4: That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. bored. I want to
2: do something. Only boring people get bored, motherfucker. Hey,
4: um, oh, I am so RJ, boring.
1: R.J. It says on the site. Uh, tickets start at $59 for two people in one car. Ah! <laughs> I'm
0: All right, looking on. on the side RJ, right now. RJ, so got maybe you, I paid more. we got you I covered. So two inspired, of the people in the back seat, sunglasses on, weekend at Bernie's, it, but reverse. Oh, yeah. Instead of pretending, do a, re- a reverse weekend at Bernie's. Instead of pretending like a dead person is alive, you pretend like alive people are dead and you're like, we have, you know, these two. Our two friends died of COVID. We we have to get them
1: to the <laughs> to the dream. morgue.
0: But we had to stop through this. It was a it was a scheduling issue. Please yeah. just
4: let us in. I I paid. I just checked. I paid one hundred and sixty dollars for the four yeah. of us. Gotcha. Okay. RJ's
1: dead inside. Does that count? <laughs> great, great Are you question. going to dress up? Because it says dressing for the occasion is highly encouraged. Ooh. No, I'm not going to dress up. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. You're not a fan.
4: I mean, I just. I don't know. I, I don't know why everyone's shitting on this. I think it's <laughs> gonna be so fun. I think it's gonna be something to do. Super fun. I think it's a creative way to get people out, do stuff around Halloween.
2: I'm into. I'm just not into. The, wanna... I'm just not, not into the Stranger Things thing. I like. I like the idea of it. Agree. I'm just not yeah. a fan of Stranger Things. But I respect you for doing it uh, and support you in doing it. I'm just not a fan of Stranger Things. But if it was something that I liked, like. I don't yeah. know, crying and looking into the mirror every morning. I would do that. <laughs> that would one. Pay. That one's in November. That's for
0: that, that yeah. drive-through experience. That's downtown is, in November. That's, that's, the, one. One. that's,
1: the, valent- that's the, the Valentine's that. Day one, guys.
0: Yeah. That's the yeah, Valentine's yeah, yeah, yeah. Day. I am so here for this. I, 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 I think RJ feels ganged upon because everybody else is like not into it, but I, I just haven't spoken yet. But I am so into this. I am, <laughs> I am there. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm I, I'm going I'm going to I'm going to join in like RJ's going to see me out there like dressed up as Sheriff Hopper like LARPing with everybody like I'm LARPing yeah, I'm so into this
4: awesome. Andrew's going to be a Demogorgian yeah. or whatever I, I,
3: I know I sound against it with all of it but this is the exact reason why I'm for it I got so bored, I painted ceramics. Wow.
0: <laughs> this and is poorly. God. Have you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have you been waiting for the... an opportunity to do that? Jesus. Have you? Yes.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> it is the house from the Goosebumps book with the, with all the goo. I don't oh, know. That's cool. All right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it just kind of looks like a
2: house with allergies, just snot coming out of all the Someone
3: save me from this place. It's a house in
2: a ragweed field. <laughs> yeah. It
0: looks like your dog painted it.
2: There was help. (laughs) There was help. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm totally excited about this. Uh, I think it sounds really cool. I'm really into these kind of I mean, obviously, there's an element of this sort of like this corporate thing of it of just like this huge property and we're going to we're doing this big thing. But like, I love weird, immersive, like living theater experiences. I love the concept of driving a car through like an interactive world. I'm super into it. Even if it wasn't Stranger Things, I I love stuff like this. So I, I
1: it's gonna be like the World's Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <gonna be> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'd do it if it wasn't Stranger Things. Yeah, me too.
3: I agree. You know yeah. what? I would do it if it was the World's Fair. Me too. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Totally. I would do it
0: if it was the 1947 New York World's Fair, the one where it was like. Or 1941 World New York World's Fair, the one where it was like right before World War Two, U.S. got involved and there was a lot of tensions, and then there was a bomb it's that exploded and Disney two guys died. Jesus. I do that one
1: as opposed to oh my the, God. Wow. opposed to the 1980 bullshit World's Fair in Tennessee.
4: Yeah, whoa, my God, I didn't know about that one. Nor did the rest. That's of That's like them. the last
1: World's Fair they ever did, apparently.
3: It was the it was the, it was the World's Fair where they invented bullshit.
1: I said that the last World's Fair, the bullshit 1980 World's Fair in Tennessee.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there was there was one that happened in 1941, I think. Uh, it was a total disaster. It was emblematic of the world stage descending into World War II, and it culminated in a bomb exploding and several people dying.
2: So that's
3: the one you want to go to? Yeah, I want to do an immersive. <laughs> the one with the bomb?
0: Yes. Okay. I want to do an immersive experience of that.
3: Cool. Oh, I mean, it's Halloween. I guess that fits. <laughs>
0: Um, okay. So <laughs> this news just dropped. I mean, it's a little it's a little old to listeners because we record on Thursdays and episodes come out on Mondays, so this is gonna be slightly old, but to us, this just dropped yesterday. They revealed the price point for the PS five. It's gonna be what is it? Three ninety nine for the digital only version where you don't yeah. buy games, you just download and then four ninety nine no wait. Four ninety nine?
2: Yeah. Yeah. $4.99 his, for the He's for done the, his research, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's gonna be wait, 2 dollars no, $12.99. What is What are numbers? Yeah. They're giving it away, apparently. It's free. free. Oh yeah. my god, That's That's why it's free. free. They're
0: actually, there's actually one on your doorsteps right now. Open <laughs> the door, it's there. You
1: get a PS. You get a PS. Um,
0: yeah, digital, digital edition only for $3.99. And then the uh the one with the you know, the Blu-ray player for, for games is $4.99. Um, which is a pretty good price point because when the PS3 came out. I don't really know about the PS4. I don't know what the launch price was for that one. I kind of forget. But when I remember distinctly that when the PS3 dropped, it was like $700. Yeah. Which really? was insane.
2: Because Blu-ray players were brand oh, new. Yeah. yeah. Had they Blu-ray were like connected that was, to the Blu-ray player. That was one of That's the right. only Blu-ray players you could get. Yeah. And as technology <laughs> has gotten better, the price is falling. Your, you par- know, your parents' word
3: processor was like $800. Yeah.
0: I, I worked at a retail store at the time when the, when the PS3 launched and I bought a broken one from a friend for $30. And then I bought a brand new one at the store that I worked with, had my friend ring me up. He entered the serial number for the broken one. And then I, the next day had my dad return the brand new one. And then I sent the broken one into Sony with the receipt saying that I bought it yesterday and it was already broken. And then they replaced it. So I got a brand new PS3 for, Thirty dollars.
1: I'm calling and, and broke the law.
2: I'm, yeah. I'm calling the and, and, and broke the I law. I fixed
0: the law.
4: Fixed right? the law. Yeah. Spent three years in prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I also what? just Either got it. out
0: of jail like last month.
4: Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: You're in inca- cautionary tale. You're incarcerated now. That's why your
4: Wi-Fi blows.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: I've never bought yeah. a PlayStation. <laughs> prison but Wi-Fi the big sucks. Thing isn't the big thing with this one that it has like the Unreal or whatever it's called mode i don't know what it's called modem i don't know the the processor (laughs) unreal modem the unreal processor it's like you can play a flight simulator game in like real time with real weather and real clouds and shit sure you mean do you mean fly a plane (laughs) yeah i think you're (laughs) i think you're thinking of
1: planes you're thinking of of planes yeah you're thinking of actual planes
4: no, the flight simulator game for the PS whatever is supposed to be amazing. PS five.
0: Yeah, I mean well, no, nothing's you, ever gonna nothing will everything will always be you know some degree behind whatever the best specs for a PC are. So you're never gonna see a new console dropping that's like this is the cutting edge of graphical technology. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's obviously much improved from the previous generate the previous gen of uh, of. Consoles, and uh, I think what you might be referring to is that games are starting now to develop in for. I think it's Unreal Five, Unreal Engine Five. I think the previous oh, one was yeah, Four, engine, that's it. and so it's just it's just a new iteration of this sort of uh, standard standard um, adopted game engine that many many games use to develop for, and they've come out with a new version of it recently. That is obviously much much better than the previous version, and you know all the games or a majority of the games that are developed for the PS Five are going to be developed in this engine, which improves lighting and and physics engines and, and all that kind of stuff.
4: My question is: Does the PS Five still come? Can you still play Blu rays on it? I th-
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming yes. I mean, if you get if you get the if you get the player edition, if you get the digital edition, yeah. it doesn't have a disc drive at all. Um, but I haven't, I haven't bought a Blu-ray or watched a Blu-ray in years. So I don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. Wow. I don't, I don't own a device that has a disc drive.
2: I, I think now and it's interesting. I'm, I'm a big video game guy and I, I think what we're seeing now, I, I haven't bought a PS5 nor probably will I for a really? little while. Yeah. Because that surprises me. Well, because for me, it's kind of, and I, and I, you know, a lot of my friends are like, Oh my God, I got my pre-order in. It's like, okay. But, you know, I think for me, it's becoming less and less about technology and more and more about storytelling. And and a lot of the games I like are really, it's the stories that are not pulling me in. And it's not the technology. It's not the graphics. Graphics are all great. They all look great. They have for a long time. And a lot of my favorite games don't even have realistic graphics. Inside is a great game that looks like a little cartoon. And um that was one that's one of my favorite games of the last 5 years, The Witness, same puzzle game, not really amazing graphics. They're fine, but a really great way of telling stories. Yeah. And with the rise of technology and people being able to create their own games, something like the Steam store, which is if you don't know what Steam is, it's basically iTunes for games, so people can put out their own little indie games and download them for a dollar, 2 dollars, 20 dollars, whatever. Some of my favorite games are indie games. They're not even available on console. And so I think that you're really starting to see a rise in the creativity, the artistry of games, the storytelling of games, and that's where... The real money is going to lie, is in the creation of new IP. I was excited to see a new God of War for the PS5. I'm excited to see a new Hellblade for the PS5. I'm not excited about any kind of Unreal Engine or downloading thing or Blu-ray. I don't care. The PS5 and consoles and my computer for me now are just a gateway to get the stories I like and to participate Mm in that and i think that's kind of what you're starting to see a little bit more so um that's what i'm really excited about is these people now given a chance the uh to make great games and developers making great games the last of us too it's great it looks great it looks marginally better than the last than the first last of us but the story is awesome and it'll destroy you that's what i like about games now so Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm a big video game guy as well. And I'm, I pretty much feel exactly the way you do. I, I, I really don't, I haven't played AAA in so long. Like I pretty much exclusively play indie titles. Um, because for the same reason you, you, you say, I I don't care about any of the graphical improvements and I've never been interested in the types of video games that are really popular. Now I don't, care about battle royale games i don't care about first person shooters i've never liked those even back in the day I, d- I wasn't a halo guy whenever i was in high school um i play a lot of rpgs and and puzzle platformers and puzzle games the last game i played was return of the Oberdin, which is oh, yeah. like
2: it's like an 8-bit it's like green or like black and white dot <laughs> yeah <game>. i've,
0: I've <laughs> got i've got indivisible on my on my switch that i'm i haven't played yet but that's probably the next one i'm gonna play like yeah i, I don't I mean, I, I, I would like to like even even something like Last of Us 2, Like, I don't even know if I'll get around to playing that. I mean, I'm interested oh, in you playing you it, but... that,
2: don't, let's not be foolish. You should play
0: it. <laughs> okay, I will I'll, on that <laughs> recommendation. Great. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me, it's a lot of just like small indie titles. So I feel similarly. I don't care about the big graphical improvements. Honestly, for me, as somebody who is busy a lot with work and. And has a family and has a couple kids and can't really sit down and find time to like put plop in front of a TV on a couch. Like I'm looking more for like portability and ease and convenience of playing, which is why I play I my uh, most predominantly I play the Switch because it's just like it's just I can play it for thirty minutes when I take a break from working or you know wh- whatever like it, play it on a trip or or in the car or something like that. That that's really. Some A device that can deliver me the games that I want to play in a way that is convenient for me is really what I'm looking for now.
2: What do you guys, the rest the of you guys, what do you think about the PS5 and what's your relationship to video games? What do you guys think about the PS5?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> Andrew's just going to laugh. I don't have much of a relationship to video games because I don't care much about video games. That being said, Andrew, look what I'm about to drop. I've been in a video game. I was oh. in true crime L.A. Yeah, yeah he, oh, so you, can't, awesome. you can't even you can't even say the name right. It's True Crime Streets True. of L.A. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus, True Crime Streets of L.A. I, I did motion. I,
2: I was in Star War. Stars. I was War. in the movie Stars.
1: Oh wait, that's not the name. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I did motion capture for it. Uh, and fun <laughs> fact: if you beat the whole game at the end, the big boss is breakdancing. That's me.
4: Yes, it's amazing, which
0: I feel weird about because Kirk told me this, you know, years later, but I actually had my sexual awakening to that footage (laughs) to the dancing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's been
1: a thing between us. mm -hmm, That's really weird. But that's where my video my video game stops at true crime streets of L.A. Uh, um, Yeah, when
3: I was 12, I had my dad got me the original PS2, the fat one. And then I hadn't had anything else until last year when I got a PS4 just to play Fortnite so I could talk to my best friend while we play. It's literally all I use it
1: for. That's great. That's Andrew? Great. You talk to Andrew?
4: Yep. <laughs> I've only been a Nintendo guy my whole life. I got a regular Nintendo when I was in like whenever that came out. And then uh, I got a N64. And then up until last year, I got a Switch. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, that's it. But. The Switch is incredible because, like you said, it has all those indie games, which I'm new to, and I didn't even know that was a thing. And then they have all these puzzle games, but you can also get, like, the old-school updated Nintendo games like Zelda and stuff like that. It's really fun. Do you
3: think you would have hopped on the uh, PSP train if it would have actually uh, taken hold? Just because of the portability of it like and how... It is
4: well, it's kind of like the switch today. Like, well, the, P- yeah. the PSP
0: was very popular for a while, it was more the Vita that was kind of a failure.
4: Oh, okay, yeah. Hmm. The closest thing I had to a portable gaming system was uh, I had a Game Gear, that was the only other system I had. A Sega was it Sega? Yeah, Sega Game, Game Gear. Gear. Whoa, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. The value proposition of the Game Gear was that the Game Boy was like. A, Graphically, a downgrade from the Nintendo. It's like you can play this Nintendo system on your TV, or you can play this tiny little thing where it's four bit graphics and it's black and white. And then the Game Gear was like, "Fuck you! It's just a Genesis in your hand. <laughs> Fuck your TV."
2: But an interesting, interestingly, the Game Boy is the highest selling console of all time and continues to be. And yeah, I think is that, that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Do they still make them? Uh no. That's how oh. many they sold.
0: Yeah, just never. Nothing uh, has ever outsold and, it.
2: But it's like, you know, wow. but I, I think that Nintendo does this very well. They concentrate wow. not on technology, but the stories and the IP yeah. and the playability. And so I think, again, you're, if we're talking about the PS5 being released. That's great. I'm not going to buy one until the games I want to play come out, until yeah. it stops me from playing a game and, and getting into a story or, or enjoying IP that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't need it. So yeah. that's, kind right. of, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, a, I'm all about the games and not about the, the hardware yeah hardware's kind of all the same these days yeah
0: which is the, which is why I, I never bought a PS4 and I was only tempted to buy a PS4 exclusively to I think I think it was I was tempted to buy one because of Spider-Man I still didn't do it but I but th- it tempted oh, me to do it
2: that's a fun game
0: that's um last story we'll take a quick break uh so we've talked about this before. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Chuck E. Cheese has filed for bankruptcy in the last couple this is weeks. So sad. Uh, yeah, it's it's real dark. Um, but they the the new news that's come out is that so basically they're 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 filing for bankruptcy and they're liquidating a lot of their assets. And part of this is that before the pandemic happened, they had ordered what was it nine million dollars worth of tickets, but they can't use them. And so they need to get rid of these tickets. They need to liquidate the tickets. But because the tickets are actually worth a value in that people can come into the stores and use them to get prizes. And basically what it is, is the the, the tickets cost 13 cents per ticket to produce, but they are worth more in value of what they can buy off of the shelves. So because Chuck E. Cheese is worried about the Chuck E. Cheese ticket economy being destabilized by bootlegged tickets, they're physically destroying all $9 million worth of these tickets because they do not want them to get out into circulation in the public where basically bootleg ticket uh, sharks can go out selling tickets to people for a premium, who that who can then come into Chuck E. Cheese's and get prizes with these, you know, bootleg tickets, these these counterfeit tickets, what? which is so funny to me. This story, I laughed out loud when I wrote read this because it's so funny to me that there's like a real Chuck E. Cheese ticket economy, and they <laughs> were they are manufacturing forced artificial scarcity because they don't want the economy to be destabilized by bootleggers.
4: But how? marked up with these, like this black market of uh, Chuck E. Cheese tickets yeah. be? Because the the margin must be so small because you can go to Target and buy any of the prizes for like nothing. It's trash just, prizes. Yeah. So makes yeah.
3: Yeah. no sense. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. It's just, it's such a weird logic <laughs> yeah. from a sad, sad company that's now dead.
0: I just love the uh, p- imagining the day that they incinerate these tickets.
1: Yeah, it's like also <laughs> that it was a serious the two conversation. two people with the two Mike, keys,
0: they look at each other on three, one, two, two, three.
1: Click. <laughs> like it was a serious topic. They're like, guys, we got to destroy these tickets. We've got to do this. And it was like, yeah, no, 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 you're right. You're or right. it was one guy who came, who ran into the conference meeting, and he's like, he's just like,
0: you fools. You don't understand what you've
4: done. I like to think that they ran into a black market ticket guy outside their meeting. They're (laughs) like, somebody just sold me these tickets for $5 a piece. We have to burn them all. We have to burn them all. We have to.
2: Emergency meeting.
0: Uh, I love that story so much. I love it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our regular segment. Can you go for that?
4: After
3: these messages.
0: And we're back. And now it's time for a regular segment where we talk about rumors and unsubstantiated nostalgic stories and give our opinions on them. And that segment is called.
3: Can you go for that? Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, can you can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you can you go for that? Can you go for that?
3: Yeah. Can you go for that can you go for that fantastic
0: so what we do on this segment guys is
3: hold on a minute we have a couple of
0: rumor stories
3: <laughs> so, to pause what? i know we have to keep it uh tight but i saw something on your computer called tyler tweet generator
0: oh no that's that's not that's a different tyler don't oh, don't worry. jesus i was don't so worry. excited <laughs> Um, so on this segment, basically, there's a lot of rumors that kind of get churned around in the industry, particularly from sites like we got this covered, which are largely probably false. But just who knows where these stories come and, the, and then they just create clickbait around them. And at first, we were kind of reporting on these stories as if they were real. But then I kind of was like, ah, I don't want to keep pretending like these are actual things. So instead, we created a segment where we. We earmark these stories and we just we acknowledge that they're not substantiated. They're probably not real. But instead of talking about them as if we're reporting on them, we instead just give our opinions about whether we think they're good ideas or not. So we have a couple of stories here. The uh, First one is that there's a rumor after a long controversial period of. Disney acquiring Fox and people not being sure about the future of the Deadpool series and whether or not Disney was going to allow them to become part of the MCU or if they were going to even allow them to keep making them, considering that they're so hard R and it doesn't fit into the sort of Disney MCU branding of things. And now there's a rumor that they've sort of come to a decision on that and they're happy with their plan and they're going to be moving forward with making three more Deadpool movies. So according to sources, after a lot of brainstorming behind the scenes, the higher ups at Marvel are now confident in their vision for how to integrate the Merc with the mouth into their shared mythology. As we previously heard, Kevin Feige was the one stalling on uh, Deadpool 3's development. But Disney are now said to be pushing for the movie to be fast tracked so they can capitalize on the character while he's still at the height of his popularity. Rob Liefeld's recent Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld's recent comments about the studio's reluctance to do anything with Deadpool also reportedly struck a nerve with the higher-ups, and now the focus has shifted to absorbing Wade Wilson into the MCU as quickly as possible before the fans start getting impatient. Um, while this means we could end up getting the MCU's Deadpool 3 sooner the, than the more skeptical among us would believe, let's hope that they focus on telling the best story possible instead of rushing it to the big screen as soon as they can, can just to cash in on a hot property. So... According to this rumor, three more Deadpool movies in development. They've decided on a, on a, on a way to integrate them into the MCU. What, what do you think about that, Tyler?
3: Uh, I'm here for it. I'll tell you why. Um, I want all of the Deadpool all of the time. But more than that, I want uh, Deadpool to be uh, Ryan Reynolds in real life. So my idea here is I'm, I'm down for that. I, I, uh, I can go for that if in the first movie they establish that something happened where the, the character Deadpool got to the real world and is taking over Ryan Reynolds' life. And then fast forward to the third movie, Ryan Reynolds publicly kills Kevin Feige as a Deadpool stunt. That's all. That's, there you go.
0: Thank you for pronouncing Kevin Feige's name <laughs> properly. I know I said it wrong when I was reading the copy.
1: I had to. Uh, I, you know what? I can't go for that. I don't need three. I need one. No, we're, talk- we're one talking. We're talking about
0: five. This is there's two already, uh, and then really? three more.
1: No, I know. So there's two already done. I'm saying there's going to be three more upcoming. Yeah. So we're talking about five. So I'm total saying total it is movies. well, I could go for. There's going to be three more. There's not going to be five more. There'd be five in total. Yes. Yeah. So I'm saying there's going to be three more. I can go for one more. I don't want, I don't want any more than that. That's one's fine. The trilogy is that
0: you you ended at the trilogy.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Math. Yeah. ended ended the trilogy.
3: Uh,
4: RJ. Oh, I think uh, they should have ended it after one movie. I'm done with Ryan Reynolds. I think he insists upon himself. I'm done with anything he does. I say no more. No more. Uh, and I haven't even seen the second one. I liked the first one. But since then, I've been like, ah, it should have been one cool one. And I get it. He's He comments on the movie as it goes along. Great. Cool, Ryan Reynolds.
1: I've done... Two podcasts with RJ in one week, and this is the spiciest I've ever heard you. <laughs> of course, of course, he RJ did.
0: is just a, ladies and gentlemen, RJ is just a nickname. His real name is actually Nega Tyler.
1: Yeah. we <laughs> yeah. just Negs Tyler. <laughs> uh,
2: nice. I, I, um, I love Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I love the Deadpool movies. I hope that I'm fine with having three more as long as it kind of keeps. I think that he's really carved out a a great, uh, a great little uh, corner there, and I I really love those movies. I think they're really funny. Um, Again, I I think that Reynolds has such a strong hand in doing them, and I I love his sensibility and and think he's fantastic. So I just I would like to see more of that. Um, You know, I I I think in general I'm such a comic book fan, and, and for super the superhero movie genre to not get old we're gonna need some variety and so i really love nolan's dark Knight series i'm looking forward to pattinson and the batman um yeah. and even justice league and stuff look I, I and old man logan you know logan was a great uh thing I, I think you need a spectrum there and i don't think everything needs to be shoved into the pigeonhole of the mcu with end game which i also absolutely loved but i think there's you know i love the daredevil tv series i love the punisher series do we all need to have this? Uh, all of them come together in an endgame way? No, I'm fine with them all being separate. And so I love Deadpool for what it is, and I hope the IP can stay uh, as close to how it is now. And if that's true, then I welcome three more. And, and also, and, and, and uh, to RJ, fuck Stranger Things.
4: Yeah! There you go. Dude, listen. MCU's getting way too snarky. This is Ryan that's my Reynolds point. That's my comes point. in to the Yeah. That's what Yeah, I agree with you. No, I'm agreeing with you on that. I,
2: I think there should be a spectrum. I like the snarkiness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't, but you would agree that, like, you know, you don't want to see Pattinson's Batman in the same world as the Justice right. League. Right. So what let's do the same yeah. thing with Deadpool. Yeah, great. See, we're in agreement. We're in Aww, agreement. Look at that. I've said
0: it before and I'll say it again. Friendship. Deadpool.
2: (laughs) I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Prison Wi-Fi. Prison (laughs) Wi-Fi
0: is very spotty. They really need to figure this out. Um, Also, unblock TikTok, please. Also, Deadpool and the Wolverine are the most overrated Marvel characters of all time. There are so many cooler characters in the Marvel comics do something else with some other characters. They're incredibly overrated. I think the movies are okay. I'm fine with them. Yes, the first one and the second one as well were very funny. But I just... I'm, I I am tire of Deadpool's shtick. I... I guess I'm fine with the movie. So I might even necessarily not say I can't go for that. Because I don't hate them. And I don't want them to necessarily not be made. But I just find... Those characters to be so overrated and the focus on them and their popularity annoys me to no end because there's so much cooler characters in that universe that could be taken and had movies turned into them. Like, you know, all the all the current popular characters that exist now, Iron Man and, and all the Avengers, like those were characters that were very unpopular and they were like the C team of the Marvel comics world. And they only made movies about them because they didn't have the licenses to any of the popular characters. And those became the biggest fucking characters in the whole world. Not just Marvel, but just in movies in general. So do that again with some different cooler characters. I don't need any more Deadpool, any more Wolverine shit.
2: Aren't they doing that? Deadpool had Domino, Cable, Juggernaut. I mean, I, see, I disagree because Deadpool is a perfect way to do that. And and look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Rocket Raccoon, which, Drax, is, which That's is why how it I works, say, man. That's how it works. Yeah, which is why you, I say you,
0: I don't necessarily not want them to be made because I don't hate the movies. And you're right. What you're saying is right. But they're, the character by three, himself, by three more
2: Deadpool movies, they're they're going to put in Squirrel Girl and all the people you love. So don't uh, worry. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that, don't and worry. that's why that's I say.
0: Despite that, and I only, I only bring that up because I want to be consistent because I've ranted about how Caliban overrated I think those characters in, are before.
2: Logan? You're not going to get a Caliban movie without putting him in Logan? Come on. You're saying what you're arguing for is more Deadpool movies because it will put a spotlight on the C-team Which characters. is why I
0: say I
2: can, I soft can go for that.
1: <laughs> soft, yeah. All right. Maybe I just wanted to be consistent because I it. have
0: ranted about how overrated I think Deadpool is before on the show. I don't want to confuse anybody in the interest of time. We'll just do that one story. So this has been another edition of. Can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you, can you go for that? This is the remix. Can you go, can you go, can you go, can you go, can you go go for that? Can you go for that? All right. Last story oh, before we wrap things up here. Uh so we did we haven't we haven't talked about this on the show because here at Nostalgia Cast, we aren't super interested in capitalizing off of human trauma for entertainment. So I've seen this story before and I we just we didn't talk about this because it's very exploitative, very shamey. But the the actor who played Goldberg in the uh, Mighty Ducks movies, Sean Wise, he's over the last several years, he's had a lot of struggles with addiction, specifically meth addiction. And there's been a lot of clickbait about like, look at Goldberg from from Mighty Ducks. And he was in a bad way. He they, they showed some pictures of him before and how kind of normal and healthy he looked and some pictures from recently where he's just a shriveled husk of a person, very destitute, very unhealthy, obviously in the grips of addiction and it's not something that I really wanted to talk about or or make a big deal about because I just don't. It just doesn't feel right to me. However, now I'm happy to say that we can talk about this because Sean Weiss is 230 days sober. He's looking great. And he just got a new set of teeth. And he's looking like a million bucks. And honestly, I'm going to show you guys these pictures right now. But these pictures make me feel so happy. Because number one, they're insane. The, the, the before and after the the, the transformation, it, it boggles the mind. I can't fathom how a person could go through this transformation in such a short amount of time. But also, it's just so inspiring that somebody can come back from the brink like that, and it makes me very happy to be able to show this. So we're going to take a look at this right here. So this is the before and after.
1: Whoa. No way. Yep. That's not doctored?
0: Nope. That's the before and after. Uh wow. this this is what he looked like before. Like this was pre-meth addiction. You know, just a normal dude. He's pretty handsome, pretty, you know. And he he went he, he fell into a bad way. And at a certain point, this is what he looked like. Damn. But he's but he's got a new set of teeth, he's 230 days sober, and he's looking great. He looks it's great, great he
1: looks way healthy.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, listeners at home. Search it. Look, look up, look up Sean Weiss, um, whatever, uh, 230 days sober or whatever you need to search for. You'll find it. And just look at this before and after. It's very inspiring. I'm very I'm very happy for him. Uh, yeah. Glad to say I- that he is he is he is doing doing well and looking looking great.
4: Yeah, I can't begin math. to I can't begin to understand what it would be like to be like a child actor and have all those pressures and uh. pressure with your parents and pressure with just being on the world stage like that at such a young age. And I'm going to say there's so many crazy stories about how child actors don't come out of it mm-hmm. this well. Yeah. And you know you can only hope for the best for this guy. It looks like exactly he's better, so yeah. that's good.
0: Here's to many many more days of sobriety, Sean Weiss. Congratulations. Um, and on that note gonna wrap things up thank you so much rj and blay for coming on the show again or Yay. i guess not again. Yeah, I we, guess. we come on your show you come on our show uh it was great thank, it was a great time and uh once again everybody check out hear me out it's a new show it's anywhere you get your podcasts um there's two episodes out now i'm sure by the time you hear this there'll be three or maybe even four uh it's 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 really cool it's really funny I the, the 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 interplay between the two of them debating these topics is really entertaining. Uh, we had a lot of fun going on the show. I'm assuming you did as well, Kirk, or you will tomorrow. I'm
1: going tomorrow.
0: Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say? Anything you guys want to plug?
1: No,
2: nope. don't ask play.
3: Not, I don't That's think it
4: so you're good I'm good
2: uh, yeah uh, go to hearmeouthearmeout.com or email us at out at gmail.com if you think that there's a subject we should tackle otherwise um, thanks for having us guys it was really fun yeah it was really no fun was great. thanks great. so much thanks guys. for coming
0: on uh, th- thanks for listening everybody uh, if you, if you enjoyed that, please, uh, feel free to subscribe if you haven't already. If you have a friend you think might like the show, share it with them. Uh, you can keep up to date with everything that we do on the podcast, as well as the nostalgia content we share on, a, share on a daily basis just by finding the nostalgia page on Facebook. That's the official nostalgia page. Just search nostalgia on Facebook. That's us with a blue check mark next to our name. You can join our Facebook group. Same thing, the official nostalgia Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram at nostalgia. If you want to email us and have any comments or concerns expressed on the show, you can email us at NostalgiaCastPod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy. Probably don't go to the movie theater. Thanks for listening.